Welcome everybody to Catfish Weekly presented by Whiskerware Apparel along with Doc Lang. I'm Lyle Stokes. Doc, we're going to do some stuff tonight they like. We're going to be talking about flathead catfish. Yes, we are. One of my favorites. Well, you guys have the opportunity to catch a lot of flatheads over there where you're at. And I know a lot of the people that you fish yeah. with in the areas that you fish are loaded up with flatheads and we got a catfish guy on the show so uh, uh welcome to the show matt we're glad to have you for those that don't know this is matt cat matt jones lives in northern illinois and matt fishes the rock river and catches some really nice fish up there how's it going this evening i'm doing good how are you two doing excellent well not too bad for a couple old guys yeah. <laughs> you won't hear me making any jokes about your age, Lyle. Yeah, I'm betting that ain't right. <laughs> no. Oh, I'm man. You've been over 59. That's right. Well, that's exactly where I'm at. So. <laughs> oh, You've been catching any fish, Matt? Uh, yeah. You know, we, uh, the Rock River, uh, like a lot of rivers in the country, is is uh does not get the attention it deserves from game biologists and dnr here and a little bit uh not due to commercial fishermen necessarily but due for a lot of other reasons all the way back to our fish kill about seven or eight years ago but uh she's coming around and there's still a lot of good fish here you know it, it's not what it, uh what it was in its heyday but uh it'll make a comeback eventually Right, right. Yeah, that was a massive kill you guys had. Yeah, it was. It was very bad. I went down to one boat ramp. I looked out over the river, and I turned around and went away. I didn't want to look at no more pictures. I didn't want to see nothing else. There was fish everywhere. And it didn't matter if it was a flathead or a channel cat. There was smallmouth bass and big walleye, you know, all them other bait fish. They were dead, too. So, Wow. It was bad. Wow. I remember when that happened. It was devastating, and and uh, it's a terrible thing. And I know there, there was some guys talking about some stuff that like that that went on uh, here uh, you know, on Lake of the Ozarks. And I haven't I haven't been able to find enough update stuff to be to give a um, honest evaluation of what actually took place. But I know some stuff did. Uh, and hopefully it's not to the devastating effect of what you guys had. But you, you guys have really made a great comeback up there, and, and I'm, I'm really glad for you. Yeah, we have. And, uh, you know, it started about <clears> – <throat> well, the year, the year of the fish kill was 2009, and that was actually the first year that we had uh, brought the Cabela's here. And uh, that kind of signaled the start of – this was a, a fisherman's river that in the old days was every tournament you would see on this river was a kill em and grill em tournament or, you know, guys brought in their fish and it was the most fish you could catch and they bring them in dead in the cooler. And we changed that culture about 10 years ago. And uh, now we have gotten to the point where there's no, no more of that going on. You know, every tournament that's here is, is a, is a way in alive catch and release tournament. And, but it took time to, it took time to change that culture a little bit and uh 
you don't change that culture by bashing people and by telling them what they're doing is wrong because legally they can do a lot of that stuff. But what you do is you befriend those people and you can educate some of them people and you're going to get a lot further in helping the fish by by befriending them and educating them on why it's so important to let to let mature fish go and and uh if you call them a you know i don't know am i allowed to speak freely on i mean you go and call them a dickhead and yeah and ban them and and do all this stuff well you'll never get a chance to you'll never get a chance to work with that individual or change their change their mindset on on what you should keep and what you shouldn't so that's right i agree 100%. My, my advice to people is befriend the people that don't know any better. Some of them will never change. Some of them you can educate. And if you educate one person, you're going to save hundreds of fish over a course of years. So do what you can to help educate people. That's exactly right. I agree. Don't you doc? Yeah. Yeah. That is for sure. And, and you know, the, the cussing and calling <clears throat> people names, especially when you're talking about officials and, the people that actually make the decisions, that's never good. No, and I'm guilty. <laughs> I mean, we've all done it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is. I mean, Lyle, we've been around a long time. I know Doc has, too, uh, as, uh, with the inter the whole Internet game. And, uh, you know, I don't know that we've helped our cause more than we've heard it, vice versa, whatever. But, uh we all know now that we all need to be together going in the same direction and and that's the only way we're going to make things better so uh that's right you know, that's right anyway you know one of the things that that i think matt that has really helped this is the catfish conference i yep, catfish i conference. i mean it's a good thing for everybody to get together and discuss what we're doing, and everybody's happy to be there. It's the right time of the year. Uh, Doc and I get to see each other in the wintertime, and we never used to get to see each other in the wintertime, mm -hmm. and everybody's excited to get down there. They got a really good program put together with that, and uh, I, I think that that's helping bring a bunch of fishermen together. I agree. Uh we used to run catfish camps, which was uh, more of an outdoor roughing it version of a catfish conference. But what they've done down there at that catfish uh, catfish conference is is really is really a good thing for the sport. And as we go forward, hopefully that branches out, and hopefully there's more of those catfish conferences. And it would be nice to see a catfish conference in you know Texas or Kansas, and a, and one over in North Carolina, and then one down here in Kentucky, and and you know so everybody gets we can spread the word all the way across the country for the people that can't make it but having the one right now down there uh in kentucky is is a start and it's a great start and it, i was down there last year i talked to you down there and when you get guys you like did. carl Moore jr and you get guys like uh mark farrell uh, in my opinion him and carl might be the two best uh tournament fishermen to walk face of the earth today uh, if, if not, they're certainly right up there with anybody. But, uh, you know, those are the guys you want at those conferences. Those are the guys you want all these new people that are being introduced to sports to see and to talk to because those guys are very humble and very knowledgeable and very good for the message that we're trying to send now. So we're a kinder, gentler, 
uh, cat group of cat fishermen now. So that's it's a good, it's that's a good exactly thing. Right. Uh, we I'm have kind of you are I'm pretty impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thunk it? Yeah, <laughs> Doc, I, I'm pretty sure you probably got some stuff you want to visit with Matt about. So why don't you go ahead and take on off? All right, we can do that. Um, now, Matt, I've never been to the Rock River, so tell me about it. What you know? How wide is it? What? How long <laughs> is it? Does it got current all the, the time? Rock River's the Rock River uh, dock is 155 miles long. Uh, it starts in southern Wisconsin. It dumps into the Mississippi River. So, uh, uh, in the Mississippi River down in the Quad Cities, which uh, is your Bettendorf. As usual, I see that uh, Lyle is an empty chair. Uh, it, it dumps into the it, it dumps it dumps into the Mississippi River in the Quad Cities, which is Bettendorf, Moline, Rock Island, uh, down there. But the great thing about the Rock River is that you can literally fish every situation known to man on on one river. Now we don't have the big blue cats up here. However, you've got shallow water you've got deep water you've got fast current you've got slow to no current you've got wood you've got rock you've got direct drop-offs you've got uh i mean you've just got everything so you can you can really work a lot of the catfishing game here now it's kind of hard up here you're not going to see a lot of guys dragging the new planer boards around that are getting so popular and uh, but you can do a lot of bumping. You can walk baits. You, you can uh, you can do a lot of things up here. And uh, a lot of guys don't like to come from the south to the north to fish this this series, uh, our our Monsters of the Rock series. I think a lot of guys are kind of have that opinion that they're going to just automatically tear up their boat. There's a lot. Uh, this has a reputation, as, and it's just simply not true. It's just like any other river. You just have to. Take a day or two and get to know where you can run and where you can't run. And yeah, we don't have blue cast, but what we do have is a tremendous challenge to any fisherman that wants to that wants a challenge, that wants to fish different from what they're accustomed to in the south. And uh, what you do up here is like this isn't some ultra populated flat river like you might find in a uh, flathead river like you might find say in Florida or something like that. You got this is a hunt up here. You, you're you really have to be very precise and meticulous and dedicated to catching flathead if you're going to do it consistently. Mm -hmm. Now, what, what's uh, your data choice? You know, that's a great question because so many people vary on that. And I mean, if you ask 100 guys, you're probably going to get, what, 30 or 40 different answers, something like that. Uh, I've been fishing this river I've caught flathead all over the country. First of all, I kind of pride my, I'll go to, if I come to Memphis, it's like we did last year, we were not equipped to fish Memphis, the, the uh, that big tournament down there. We didn't have a trolling motor on the boat. We could, you know, but so what we did, we did what we knew how to do. We went and found flatheads and we did, we caught a lot of them. So it's a, uh, it's, well, I don't know how to, I, don't know how to I can't believe that you're at a loss for words. Well, I got so many things that, uh, so <laughs> if, if, if I had to pick one bait, man, 
if I had to pick one bait that I could have in my boat all the time to consistently catch big flathead, it's going to be a live shad, you know, 10 to 20 inches long. Uh, you'll almost never miss a fish on a big shad on a big bait. A lot of people will think just the opposite. They'll think, you know, go smaller or whatever. A big bait, when a flathead wants a big bait, he's going to put it in his throat. He's going to put it in his throat, and you almost never miss a flathead on a big bait, whereas in small baits, they like to grind them, they like to squeeze them, they like to rip at them, they like to rip their scales off. I call it alligator in baits. I believe a lot of times they're not hungry, but if you get your bait right in front of their face, I think they kill them sometimes, and, and with the intent on maybe eating them later. Uh, sometimes, you know, during the spawn time, they're killing them just simply because they're getting too close to a nest. But uh, that's why during the spawn, if anybody asked me, I would say always go to a bluegill when you're fishing spawning flatheads because bluegills are notorious nest robbers. And a flathead sometimes will just devour a bluegill where other baits you might just kill, like a channel cat yeah. or something like that. So. Now, with the big baits, where are you hooking them at? Are you hooking them in the nose, the back? Where, what, what's preferred location? I'm hooking I'm hooking them in, in, in the rear of the bait towards the tail. Uh, if, if I'm using bullheads, the adipose fin back there, the meaty fin towards the rear of the tail, that's really, really thick. You know, and if you, you always want to get away with hooking a bait as thin as you can without throwing it off or without right. a flathead ripping off on, on initial strike. But so you never want to hook them too deep. Now a shad just below their spine there, they have a, they have a vein. And if you hook a shad right, you can he, uh, you'll, not only will you keep him alive, but he will slowly bleed the whole time he's on the hook with that, which adds a little scent to the game, which flathead don't feed on scent nearly as much as they rely on vibration and, and sight, but uh, mm -hmm. they do do it at mm -hmm. times. So every little bit gives, it gives you help. They're a hard fish to catch consistently on rod and reel, so you got to take advantage of everything you've got. So I always hook to the rear unless I'm drop shotting jigging uh sometimes i'll hook right in the back uh you know if i'm throwing my boat right into a brush pile i'm dropping it down through holes a lot of times i'll hook them right through the back uh i've even hooked them through the, the rear fin if, the, if it was a big enough bait not, not a shad but a bluegill and some of those things just to make them look as natural as they can and leave as much hook exposed as i can <clears throat> okay cool now, are, are you using braid or are you using uh, mono? I use mono. Uh, yeah. Now, right. down south, when you guys... Down south, you know, I understand a lot of guys like braid, and I understand why. In the big open waters there on the reservoirs and things along those lines, uh, you know, I understand braid, especially with the option, you know, for the accidental catches of big blue cats and stuff. I understand braid. Uh, there's a case to be made for both of them. Uh, but what's happened over the years, and I've heard people say things like, don't be a hero, use 100-pound <clears throat> braid and this and that and this and that. That's not being a hero. That's that's just crazy. Uh, you know, um, it's just crazy. What's happening with gear nowadays, gear, gear is great. You know, uh, here's great. great reels are great. Great rods are great. There's a lot of rods and there's a lot of great stuff out there. However, people are forgetting how to fish. They're forgetting how to use drag. They're forgetting how to use a rod to wear out a fish. 
they're forgetting how to, to, to do all the things that we did when we were younger before all these things got so good back when you were using Berkeley glow sticks or Walmart rods to, you know, to catch all these fish. And uh, there's a mentality that you just get a big broomstick pole, you put a hundred pound braid on it, you get the biggest cranking reel you can on it, and you try to drag these fish out of cover. Well, those are the people that lose more fish than anybody. Uh, you gotta always remember where that hook enters that skin at, that is your connection to that fish. And if you're gonna try and drag a pissed off 50 pound fish out of cover, Good luck to you, because uh, he's, he's going to win in that battle. Most of the time, I mean, you know, I know, I know people. Like I said, there's exceptions to every rule, you know. But I mean, I'm not saying that this way's right and that way's always wrong. I'm just, you know, right. it's just, you know, fish. I mean, fish. Don't if you're going to spend money on the equipment, use it the way it's designed to be used. There ain't no sense in having a great reel if you're not going to use this drag. There ain't no sense in having a great rod if, you, if you're not going to, you know, a flathead, the great thing about a flathead is if you just keep steady pressure on a flathead, he's going to come to you eventually. You do not have to try to drag that fish to the boat. If you've caught enough of them, you know that they get very curious after a while of being hooked because they have never been bullied before. They're the bullies. Hmm. So all of a sudden they got this, this strange force and they can't figure it out. And, you know, if you just patient and let them come up under your boat, then you can tie them from the bottom up to you instead of trying to drag them out of the cover. Let them come to you. A lot of times they will. It's just, just uh, what I have found over, you know, my years of experience. Yeah, I'm the same way. You know, just let them, I mean, if you're going to lose them, you're going to lose them. There's nothing you can do about it. But... You know, use use the rod, use the reel to wear them down. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir, for sure. Now you know they uh, they're a magnificent, magnificent fish. I mean, I've been obsessed with flatheads for a long time. Uh, I've learned a lot on my own. I've learned a lot from other people. I'm always listening to what other people have to say because, heck, you don't know something that you would have never considered and it might even sound crazy to you but you know uh there's so much to learn and uh it's it's a it's a it's a game or it's a it's a hunt it's a fish that you know really requires you to and a lot of guys become discouraged they don't have a lot of success early on fishing for flatheads and they give up on it and uh you know if you stick with it and and so you just start you pick up a little here and you pick up a little bit and then the and then the light bulb goes on and bam you know and yeah. i learned something yesterday uh, <laughs> uh i had been i caught the first big flathead i had caught this this season up here we've we've had a horribly long cold spring with cold water high water and the good flathead fishing and but the ones i had been catching i was catching on rock well i'd been shooting myself in the foot i had gotten so set on fishing rock that i had i had not been fishing the wood i went back to the wood and boom they're they're, they're back in the woods so uh 
I know a lot of guys will say, well, they're always in the rock, they're always in the wood. But if you pay attention, you'll notice from year to year, sometimes every couple of years, that there will be a preference. Uh, and some some years it's really obvious, some years it's not. But you got to pay close attention to that stuff. Yeah, excellent point. Now, I how did you manage to keep Lyle so 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 calm and quiet? He ain't, he ain't said nothing. Oh, he, he said I know what he's doing. He's watching. He's watching YouTube because we're both watching. It. So, uh, yeah. Oh, I see. I, I'm watching Facebook and YouTube and our Catfish Weekly chat. All all three. <laughs> well, you know the great thing about Adam, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, the great thing about flatheads is, is, is just the kind of predator that they are. Uh, you know, with melanin, you know, the melanin that they have in their skin, flatheads can, they're almost chameleon-like, you know, they can change the color of their skin to blend to their surroundings. So uh, they're, they're an amazing predator. You know, if anybody's out there that wants to really do some hard research on flatheads, tell them. Uh, guy researched the ampullae of Lorenzini, and I don't want to talk about it too much because I want guys to, to research that and see exactly what that is. I think they'll be <clears throat> kind of surprised by just how advanced of a predator a, a flathead catfish is, uh, and will definitely help them with their fishing, just, just knowing what that is. So the ampullae of Lorenzini, check that out. Maybe you can have a little contest. Speaking of, contests, <laughs> speaking of contests, Lyle, I think we ought to spin that wheel. Do you now? Yeah. And, and you know we'll, what, Doc? Let's just have Matt pick a number. That... You know, I I have the rig wrap prize wheel right here. Can we see that? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. <clears throat> Matt? Why don't you pick us out a low number, and we're going to give that thing a spin. Uh, well, wait a minute. What's the number? And let's just pick us out somebody to do some winning. You want me to pick you a number? Pick yep. me a number. Let's see. Let's go with uh, 17. Holy crap. I should have told <laughs> you a low number. <laughs> we are, we are on random.org. How many we got in there? Wow. We have over 130 entries in the wow. Rig Rat Prize Wheel entry this week. So we're going to go randomize 17 times, and then we're going to spin the, spin the wheel and see what they win. There's one. You good thing, you didn't, oh, good yeah. thing you didn't say 105. Yeah, no kidding. Mm. There's two. There's three. <laughs> There's four. At least I gave you something to do. There's five. That teaching leaves yeah. a chair. Six. <laughs> I I'll tell you about that in a minute. Seven. Eight. Nine. <laughs> ten. <laughs> Eleven. <laughs> 13 he ain't ever gonna have me back 14 
Oh, yeah. 15. <laughs> 16. Even if you call me old, I'll have you back. <laughs> 17. There we go. And the winner is... Kayla Lincolns Burton. K-A-Y-L-A-L-Y-K-I-N-S-B-U-R-T-O-N. You are the winner. You get the spin on the rig wrap prize wheel. And let's just see what she wins. That's a good one, Doc. She's going to go a while. <laughs> About 17 minutes. <laughs> yeah, not quite that long. It, it does have like a deal on it to change and to make it go longer or slower, but we want to anticipate what we got. You win a pickup survivor pickup tube from Crusher Marine. So, Kayla, right. if you will contact Crusher Marine and tell Robert that you won a spin on the prize wheel and you won a survivor unit, he will get that out to you. And thank you for watching Catfish Weekly. And, Robert, thank you for the great product that you produce and give us to give away. It's an awesome product. I think everybody here has got one, and I don't know of anybody that is not happy with them. Uh, so, Kayla, you're going to get you a survivor unit. Well, congratulations to her. Those, those, those are a must-have. Yeah. Absolutely, they're great. You know, yesterday we had we had a situation with a low battery, uh, and I wasn't pumping full water, and uh, it was nice to be able to be getting some water in there when I was moving. So we were fishing the old tournament up here yesterday, the two-day Bass Pro tournament. So uh, it came in handy once again. Absolutely. I, I got to tell you guys, and Matt, you, you and Doc see this stuff the same way I do, but I see so much new stuff coming on the market all the time, and some of it is really good. Some of it's eh, uh, not saying that it's bad. It's just don't suit me, but I can't imagine anybody that has a boat that puts a fish in a live well that shouldn't have one of these. Yeah, it, it. I know on my CR, it totally did away with the airlock that I always had to keep fighting. And uh, you know, it, it's just, that's one of them things that once I put that unit on, I've never had an issue with it. And you're constantly changing the water. Yeah, they make a. They make. That's right, and uh, you know that's. Uh, it's very important, you know, especially when you got a lot of weight in there. Uh, you know, if you got several big fish in there, it's it's really important. We can't we can't harp on people about how important it is to keep fish alive before killing them ourselves. No, so that's exactly it, right. And especially at the price of these these survivors exactly right. are very very inexpensive. And uh, Robert, you know, he's done a great job. Uh, it's a great product, and you know. Uh, I'd advise everybody to have one. You know, don't um, you guys run away because it is what it we're is. not done spinning the wheel. We're going to spin that wheel again before the show is over. Uh, yeah, and and not interrupt know. you, Matt. Uh, messages being sent on how to get involved with this. You guys, <clears throat> to be involved with a chance at drawing your name to spin the Rick Rap prize wheel, you need to go to Facebook 
and join the group page catfish weekly and then send us a message and tell us you want to be you want to be in the drawing for next week and i'll start posting those up tomorrow if you are on youtube and you're watching the show on youtube subscribe to us and then send us a message and say hey put me in on the drawing for the rig wrap wheel we will get you in there be happy to do it we want everybody to win uh it never in the wildest dreams of anybody i don't believe ever thought that this would be as popular as it is but it's growing in leaps and bounds and we got some great sponsors and some great prizes and doc we're having a lot of fun with this yeah yeah we do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of fun it really is so uh, i'm excited about it and uh, <laughs> i think it's going to be a blast well i know it is because well, it already is got a lot of stuff on that wheel too we do it's great prizes and and we'll go over them tonight before we get done uh doc but uh i was going back through here i seen a question while ago yeah i saw one uh, got so many things here i'm looking for from i want to make sure we get the questions for matt but you know sometimes they get away from us we got a lot of people posting stuff on here somebody wanted to know about your tattoos matt Catfish clothing. Oh, Let's know about your tattoos. Well, uh, I actually, uh, it's a funny story, and, uh, you know, I don't really like to talk, but I'll go ahead and talk. Really? Yeah. I had a buddy that, <laughs> he's like that girl on, uh, uh, what's that show, that ridiculousness, that, that she did. <laughs> she did anyway. Uh he just spit his coffee all over his keyboard. No, uh, it's funny because my first tattoo, uh, my first catfish tattoo uh, was, uh, I was talking to the guy over the phone and I was telling him that I wanted a catfish. And he, he said, you know, we started, naturally started talking about catfishing and, and it was it was during the winter months. And, you know, as we all know, channel cats, uh, we, we fish for channel cats up here all year round. They, they school up real hard. I mean, you know, in a, 20 foot deep, 20 wide, 20 long hole, you might have two or 3,000 channel cats uh, in a hole during the winter. And I told him, I said, yeah, there's, there's days when you can anchor and catch 100 fish and never, never pull anchor. So he said, uh, well, if I come up there, you take me fishing. He said, and if, uh, if we catch 100 fish, I'll do your first, I'll do a tattoo for you for free. So we come up and we caught 118, 119 channel cats, I think that day from, you know, from a pound up to about eight or nine pounds. And he, uh, well, he did my first channel cat tattoo. And now I have 20 something, mostly, uh, most are flatheads, but I've got a blue, a couple blues and a channel cat. And, uh, but uh, I enjoy it. And I get a lot of people ask me about it. And it's a good uh, conversation piece when I'm guiding. I get a lot of people ask me about it and, uh, you know, so I've I still got a lot of skin left. I don't know how many more catfish tattoos I get, but we'll see what happens. So <laughs> that's right. the story on how that question. I found one of the questions. Hugh Thompson okay. wants to know how do you set up your rig, and how deep do you fish for your flats? That's a good question. Uh, you know, and again. Uh, depth is relative to the river system you're fishing, where uh, here on the Rock River, 10 to 20 foot is deep on the Rock River. On the Mississippi River, that's not so deep. 
uh, in the Tennessee River that's not so deep, in the Missouri River that's not so deep. Uh, but um, here in the rock, if I'm if I'm fishing singular pieces of cover, which generally are what are going to hold your biggest active fish, is a singular piece of cover submerged in a hole. You know, you're going to try to put two baits on the front of that hole, one on each side, and that's where it becomes very important to be accurate. You know, if this is your root ball laying in the water, you want to bait here, you want to bait here. And a perfect rig for that is just your basic Carolina rig on a singular piece of cover like that. Uh, I have also, on direct drops, I call them direct drops. You know, not if you're just going six foot and then you slowly drop down and you slowly drop down to 20, but a direct drop where you're going along and it's like you jumped off a wall. Uh, that wall is the same thing as cover. It redirects, reroutes water. And it generally, if you watch NASCAR and you watch, you watch, they'll sometimes they'll show the wind tunnels and they'll show the air flowing over a car and it wraps around the back of the car and it pulls back in. It's kind of like a wing dam effect almost. And it'll, you know, in, in that pocket back there where that current's being sucked back, that works as cover as well. Uh, in a situation like that where there's not a tree, a bunch of trees or, or a singular tree or a big rock, I want to extend that leader on a Carolina rig really give that bait a lot of room to move. Whereas if I'm targeting heavy cover and I'm going to have baits right in there, I want to keep that leader 8, 10, 12 inches and, and kind of confine the movements and rely on it to vibrate more and just try to struggle and drag my, my sinker. Uh, I also, to be more accurate on singular pieces of cover like that, I like to, to, to use a weight that is good enough to hold the bait down but we'll also let it move the bait slightly so that I can cast my base out off the, I can give myself some room to miss, uh, so to speak. If I put the baits five foot out, they're gonna, the current and the bait itself is gonna work the bait in behind the root ball or behind the rock. Uh, so uh, remember Flathead doesn't know how big it is. So a great piece of cover may be, uh, may be a, a two foot rock. I mean, a, a singular piece of cover and a great big open hole like that, a two-foot, can hold a giant fish. Uh, whereas, you know, a tree with a root ball this big around uh, can hold a giant fish. So they're, they're, re they're really masters at using their cover, and they, they can pull water through their gills, you know, uh, and, and suck a bait in from 15 inches away. So uh, if the fish are really set up to feed and they're really active, you don't necessarily have to be as accurate, but if the fish are on a negative mood and they're really not feeling like feeding, you really need to be accurate with your baits. And again, a lot of guys will say negative fish go smaller. I believe it's just the opposite. It's been working for me for years. Uh, go bigger and just tempt them. I think after a while of staring at a bait that big, they just, you know, I mean, if you put a whole birthday cake in front of Lyle, he's going to stare at it for a while. He might not be hungry, but if it's sitting in front of him for a while, he's going to have a piece of the cake, you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, again, now if I'm fishing rocks at a dam, uh, so to speak, in that kind of a situation, uh, going to a bank sinker in a three-way and let that rock and, and use that, that uh, bank sinker to bounce up and down the rock and keep that bait just up off the rock a little bit, uh, so you can you can you can fish for them with a lot of different rigs. I mean, uh, there's a lot of ways to go about it, uh, 
but Carolina rig uh, for fishing heavy cover is, is is number one in my book. Uh, I hope that I hope that helps you with what he was. That's what he was getting at. Yeah, excellent. You ever use bullheads, Matt? Yeah, I use bullheads a lot, and uh, <clears throat> the funny thing is about a bullhead. Now, if you put a bullhead in a swimming pool, an Olympic-sized swimming pool that has a big flathead in it, and give him five minutes, he's going to find the flathead. And he'll lay right with that flathead. Uh, I'm not suggesting that there's any attraction or whatever. I just think bullheads, maybe they view them as, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I do know that uh, if you put a bunch of bluegills in there, they're going to run like hell. <laughs> you put a bullhead in there, he's gonna go, he'll go right to the flathead, and he'll he'll lay underneath him, he'll lay alongside him. Uh, I called a I made a rig several uh, probably ten years ago that I called a suicide rig, and it was a uh, I would fish it on drop offs like I was talking about earlier, and it's basically a Carolina rig with about a four foot leader on it, and I and I would always throw bullhead on it, and I would let them I'd give them bullheads a four foot radius to swim around. And I had a lot of luck. I caught my biggest flathead to date on a rig like that, and uh, I believe it works. And I'm a true believer in big baits. And uh, so, yeah, I love bullheads. And they're very hardy. They're very easy to keep alive. You can cast them a number of times. Uh, you know, great, great choice, if, especially if, if you're going to want to fish all night and maybe you're not great at keeping bait alive yet, you know, bullheads are a great place to start because you don't have to be really, really good at keeping baits alive. Bullheads will do a lot of the work for you. So, yeah. There's a um, Southwest Rider Outdoors says, can you use baby blue cat fish for bait? I'm sure you could, but it's illegal everywhere that I'm aware of. Hmm. I wasn't aware of that. We don't have baby blue cats up here because we don't have big blue cats to make baby blue cats. Uh, so I can't pretend to be an expert on whether or not that's legal or whether or not it would work. I know that channel cats up here, flatheads will eat channel cats up here, but in my experience, they like to kill them more than they like to eat them. Uh, again, there's exceptions to every rule. Uh, for any of us to pretend like we live under the water and we know everything that our fish are really doing down there would just be stupid. Uh, mm -hmm. We fish patterns. We fish things that tend to be successful. We do things, but we don't. We're a long way from knowing what goes on underneath that surface. And to my knowledge, nobody's made a trail cam for a root ball yet, so I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you know there's, there's, a, there's a lot of unknown, and I think that's the great thing about fishing in itself is you don't know what the next bite's going to be. You, you really don't know. Uh, Terrence, Springs would like, Terrence Springs would like to know if you clip the side fins on bullheads. Before you answer that, yeah. though, I'm going to say I do, but not for the protection of the flathead to keep me from getting stuck. Yeah. <laughs> well, you are a delicate flower, Lyle, and we don't want I you am. getting stung. <laughs> you are. However, no. I, I don't. You got people got it. There's some 
if I can answer his question and, and dispel a few myths, first of all, uh, no, you don't need to clip any fins. They're big, tough fish. They've been eating foods their whole life that stick them, cut them, poke them, prod them. You know, it makes no difference. They ain't, they're, they're not swimming around the river right now looking for a bullhead with clipped fins. I can promise you that. If a bullhead's in front of them and they want to eat it, they're going to eat it whether it has its fins clipped or not. So, no, it's not necessary. Uh, you know, but in, in the 80s and 90s, uh, magazines like In Fisherman and some of these other places and uh, did, did catfishing. They, they did to help bring it to the forefront, but they, they, boy, they did make it hard for guys like me to exist because, you know, so many people thought you could only fish flatheads at night. You could only, I mean, it's just ridiculous. You have to be quiet when you're in your boat, tiptoe around like a mouse. I mean, all that stuff is just absolutely crazy. Uh, if you got to be quiet in your boat to catch a flathead, explain to me how guys can drown something down the river all day and stick their hands in the holes and catch these fish. They, they're not, they're, believe me, they're not scared of a boat going by. They're not scared if they hear a, an unexplained thump up there in your boat. I mean, hell, I catch flatheads all the time with my stereo on. I mean, it, and, and the whole night thing is, you look at flatheads in two, two ways. Flatheads move a lot in the spring and the fall. They don't move near as much in the summer. Right. Uh, right. At night, they like, they, they may move around some. Okay. In the daytime, they're on cover. I know where they're at in the daytime. Nighttime, it's kind of a crapshoot. If you know your cover's at, your, your catches of big fish especially will go up if you really dedicate yourself to fishing during daylight hours. You can anchor your boat exactly how it needs to be anchored with the current so that you can accurately put your baits where they need to be, where you know the flathead are. And if you run and gun enough great cover, say 20 to 30 minutes at a spot and move, and you put your baits in the right place and your boat in the right place, you're going to see, if you really dedicate to it, you'll see your catches of big flatheads go up. I agree. I agree. I, and, you know, I like fishing for flatheads at night, but I've caught more or as many during the day as I ever did at night, but uh, when it gets hot and sticky, there's nothing better than sitting out there at night fishing and uh, catching them big old dogs and, and uh, a root ball or a pile of rocks and go at it. Yep. Yeah, and you're you're right. There's definitely a, a comfort factor and a and a fun factor, I guess, to some people about about fishing at night. Uh, there's there's no doubt about it. Uh, but it was, uh, you know, and you're seeing it more common nowadays. More guys are understanding the fact that they can catch flatheads during the day. It's not a secret to a lot of people, uh, but uh, a lot of guys, you know, uh, still think, you know, nighttime is the right time. And, uh, you know, okay, I, I guess there's not a wrong answer to that question or to that opinion. It's just... Uh, I would rather target them during the day. I know I can be more accurate with my baits and and my anchor placement because, you know, anchoring your boat is probably the most important thing to accurately placing your baits and giving yourself an opportunity to get the flathead out of the cover in the first place when you do hook one. Uh, 
if you anchor your, your boat, you throw the never snag out there, you hook up, and you you throw, and you're the current's flowing straight into the root ball, and you're six foot to the left side. Well, putting that bait on that other side of that root ball, you can get your bait there, but boy, you're going to have your line, you know, really all snarled up going through that root ball. So he grabs that side. You you've made things harder for yourself already, which is also another reason why going back to why I like mono. You got stretch. You got a little bit more give. Uh, you know, it's uh, that's just another reason why I prefer it in cover. Uh, but uh, that's kind of getting off the beaten path. But boat placement, uh, very, very important to uh, being successful fishing flatheads on cover. Yeah, all, all good points. Yeah. Uh, somebody wants are... to know if you ever try to clonk. <laughs> I think that's a thing, isn't it? What's he want to know? If you've ever tried to clonk. C L O N. -K. Oh, yeah. Yes, I have. And, uh, you know, those originated in Europe to simulate the sounds of feeding bait fish on the surface of the water and, and turn to draw flatheads in. But, we, you know, first of all, those were designed, first of all, for the Wells catfish. Uh, but the, uh, the clonk uh, is another tool, so to speak, uh, that you can use. I've used it. Uh, I haven't used it in quite a while. I'll admit that. Uh, but I have used it. Uh, I have caught fish using it, and uh, did those fish bite because of the clonking sound? I, you know, there's no again, there's no way to prove that's why it worked, uh, but there's also no proof to saying that, that it wasn't the clonk that caused them to bite uh, or brought them into the area, so to speak. Um, you know, if a lot of people they they can probably research that real quick and see what we're talking about if they don't know, but it, it's just a a, a wooden, a wood piece with a slight bend with a with a round flat tip on it, and as you beat it into the water, it makes a, you know, a plunking sound that is, you know, again, it was a European thing, uh, not uh, not something. If you ask me, the top ten things you need to have to go flathead fishing, that I'm not going to mention a clump, but it's neither here nor there. You know, there's no wrong or right answer to it. Uh, if you're one of them guys that likes to cover every single base you possibly can to catch fish. Order yourself a clonk somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Dieter Melhorn was late joining the show tonight, uh, Matt, and he would like to know what your uh, uh, go-to stuff is, your hooks, your lines, sinkers, and different things, that, uh, how you rigged. He missed the first part of that. He did. Old Dieter, yep. he'd probably out doing some filming somewhere, I'd imagine. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, go to the bathroom, Lyle. I'll take care of things. It's okay. I'm not going. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he probably got an old bottle over there somewhere. I'm, I'm sure. Uh, oh, hey, Dieter. Uh, I love all the stuff you do, all the videos and stuff, man. You're 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 good people. You do a good you're a, do a good service for the cat fishermen. Um, I use vicious 30-pound mono. Uh, now, I was 
with Matt Zuo uh, for a long, long time. I used a lot of their hooks. Uh, and recently they've kind of faded out of the market and I'm no longer with them. And I have the last two, three years, man, I've had every hook you can think of. And first of all, down south, if you're dragging baiting along those lines, circle hooks can be an option for flatheads. But if you're fishing cover, there's, there, there's several reasons why circle hooks are not a good a good option for flatheads. Number one, if you're fishing them in cover during the daytime, most of the time those flatheads are going to grab that bait. They're not going to turn and run with it. They're just going to back up with it, and they're going to have and they're going to swallow. In a circle, you have zero chance in those situations of hooking a flathead. You need to have a good J hook. So, uh, and besides that, if you don't like to set hook on a big flathead, then you shouldn't be catfishing anyway. So uh i can without any bias at all i can recommend several hooks that i have found to be good i'm not going to sit here and bash the ones that are bad i have tried three or four brands that were horrible as soon as they touch a fish the tips bend over they're they're, they're junk uh but now without you know any the the new super j hook from whisker seeker uh I'm said I'm not affiliated with them at all. I don't care to be. I'm just saying they, their super J hooks are phenomenal. Uh, very very strong. Very very sharp. The tip is super sharp, but it's not brittle at all. It really holds up well. Uh, if you haven't tried them, I've even used the the Cat Max Kale hooks. Uh, I think that's just a regular old Bass Pro brand or something. They're a great a great hook. Um, I have kind of narrowed narrowed things down to those are my two go-to hooks for flatheads now. Uh, and then I'll run some Gamma Gatsus and some other circle hooks for channel cats or blue cats or whatnot. Uh, but um, again, I like mono. I know a lot of guys, uh, a lot of guys like to run a heavy main line and a lighter leader. Uh, I've, heard, I've, I've heard people say you're stupid if you don't. Um, I don't. I run the same throughout. I run 30 pound mono up here fishing for flatheads. I will run 30 pound mono mainline and I'll run 30 pound mono leaders. I smell all my hooks. Every big flathead I've ever caught, every big fish I've ever caught has been on a smelled hook. Uh, you know, there's so much information now on hooks and lines and People telling people what they should be doing and what they shouldn't be doing is you got to remember you're getting a lot of information from a lot of people that aren't qualified to tell you uh, what you should be using in the first place. I mean, uh, but uh, I prefer the same throughout, mainly because I'm a guide. And I like to have one setup, the same, the same strength throughout. And I know exactly how much force a person can exert on a fish how much drag they need I know and when you get a lot of inexperienced people in your boat like I do you want to give them every chance to succeed I don't care about tackle I know people you know with, with the heavier main line and the lighter leader you can save sinkers you can say I give two crap it's all about the fish to me uh, I'm not a, uh, a uh, bait clicker guy I am about to let a flathead run for three freaking minutes just for the, so I, I can assure myself I'm a cat. I do not want to put a hook in a flathead's stomach. I'm never going to run a bait liquor ever. 
And if that makes me a, a worse fisherman, then fine. But I will never do it. I'll do it the same way every time. I almost never got to hook a flathead, ever. Uh, so, uh, you know, I don't have a Dieter. I don't have a, uh, a real sponsor either. Currently, if I was to advise somebody on a reel to use for flatheads and blue cats, I love the pen squalls. Uh, pen, pen came out with, you know, back in the day, you know, they had, the reels were like wrenches. And then they got pretty with those GT series that were really inferior reels, and now they're back. Those pen squalls, uh, I love them, man. They cast great. Drag system is awesome. Uh, they're just smoothie. Even the coating on the reels, they won't chip and, and ding and nick up. And uh, there's just so many good things about them. But I know there's a lot of good, you know, again, there's several good products out there. But if I had to advise you of a reel, I would say, uh, I would say use a pen, a pen squall and a rod. Uh, again, you know, I know Lyle is a, a great rod builder. Um, I, I happen to be with Tomcat Rods, who makes custom rods also. He's, he makes great rods. I love them. Uh, not everybody can have a custom rod. So, you know, I know there's a, again, as Doc will testify to, and a lot of the guys that have been fishing for 30 or 40 years will test to, you can make a lot of rods work to catch fish, pal. I mean, you go to Walmart and find a rod. It's all what you want to spend, what you want to do, uh, how flashy you want stuff to look are you the guy that has to have everything color coordinated I, I i don't know um hell lyle can't find the same two socks every day when he gets up so it's just all it's all a matter of personal preference and uh you know uh that's that i could go down the list and name all the people that i'm sponsored by and all that stuff and uh you know and just just strictly name their products but uh the sponsorship things. <laughs> That's a pretty testy, uh, pretty testy area in the catfish world right now, ain't it? It is. It, it really is. Well, another question. Can I elaborate on that? Oh, you go ahead. can. No, go on. I'll be looking for it. All right. Uh, what's happened in catfishing world with the, the whole pro staff thing? First of all, has become so watered down. Uh, you know, I mean, I've seen, I've seen a thousand people that claim to be sponsored by the same person. And there ain't no way a guy could be, uh, you know, it makes it hard for guys that have been working at this for a long time that are really care about the sport and care about the fish to, to do what they do when, uh, you know, again, everybody's bashing everybody on the internet and, and stuff like sponsorship, sponsorship is, is a big deal. And there's so many different kinds of sponsorship from product sponsorship to tournament sponsorship to, you know, all, there's all kinds of things going out there. But my, my advice to the people that uh, is to stop worrying about what everybody else is doing and do your own damn thing. Uh, you know, if if you don't like the fact that I'm sponsored by G3 or Catfish Brand Clothing or Elite Rod Holders or whatever, fine. 
you know, go get your, go get a sponsor. If you don't want to get sponsored, don't worry about it. Just go fishing and shut up. You know, it's just a, it, it's become, it's become a, a, a way too big of a deal on people worrying about who's sponsored by what. So just go catfishing and it's good. If you want to work and try to get sponsors and go that way, more power to you and hope you have a bunch of success. You know, did you find that question, Lyle? I did, as a matter of fact. Mike would like to know what the best time of the year to get on the boat with you on the Rock River. Uh, my favorite time of the year is, you know, post-spawn, obviously. I know a lot of people like that time of year, but the reason I like it so much is because it's the most predictable time of the year to fish for flatheads. The hierarchy's been established. Uh, it's fairly certain. I know the pieces of cover that in the past have tend to hold the big fish. Uh, and, you know, they're not moving much. If remember, people have to remember fish, fish exists for two reasons, to feed and to procreate their species. So they're all about making babies and eating. That's it. If you throw beer in there, you could be talking about a, a male man. But that's exactly right. It, that's right. Uh, so I love, I really do love uh, late July, August, September, and early October here. Early October here when the water temps drop back into the 60s, uh, you may not get a real wintering period in the south. I really doubt you do. Uh, I mean, if I lived in the south, I'd never stop fishing flatheads. I plan to live in the south at some point. But up here, we get a, we get a literal uh, hard wintering period. We only get say six months of the year to fish for flatheads. Uh, but when they start to move to their wintering areas, when that water drops back in the 60s, which is usually around the October time, you can have some of the best flathead fishing you've ever seen with numbers and size. But uh, guys want to do summer trips and come up here and really, really bust butt and really move and really go on a real flathead hunt. Uh, Said so this year, the whole month of July, August, and September are going to be really good. So, uh, the other question we had from Dan was, "What's the best month to catch flatheads?" So you're saying uh, August, September, October? July, July, August. September. July, July. Yeah, I don't think there is a best July, month. I mean, I, some guys, some people. What's that? Some people will say, uh, you know, your month, your month leading up to the spawn, which up here, that's generally May. Uh, I guess it just depends. To me, there is not a bad time to be flathead fishing. <laughs> but, you know, trying to make me narrow it down to one time is pretty tough, but... Uh, that I'd never fish for a channel cat or a blue cat as long as I lived if I could do it that way, but that's not an option. So uh, I'd fish flatheads all year round and I'd never stop. But, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of good times up here. May, pre-spawn, obviously, and then the post-spawn, which is this year is going to be the whole month of July, August, September, October. And you tell him I'd like to have him anytime. I don't care. Oh, I know, man. And you'd have a blast with Mike, even if he is a Cubs fan. 
Is he a Cubs fan? Oh, boy. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't hold that against him. I get on him all the time. Of course, he's on me, so it works out. But speaking, speaking <laughs> of that, you know, speaking of that, uh, how about the Cardinals? They beaten down on them Reds. I, I've yet to hear too much about that, but it was sure good. I enjoyed it very much. But after the beatings they've been taking all year, it was nice to see it happen. <laughs> I thought this was a catfishing show. It is, but I love my Cardinals. I can't help it. <laughs> he talks about baseball. Yeah, we, we know, Lyle. We yeah. know. <laughs> Matt, we appreciate you taking your time out and coming on the show with us. It's been a really good time for uh, for you to come on here and, and share a lot of cool information that a lot of people might not be able to come up with any other place. So uh, we, th <laughs> we thank you so much for doing that. We're running on about an hour, and we got some other stuff to cover. Uh, I would like to extend an invitation to you to come back on the show with us at some point, uh, and, and we'll get more in depth on different times of the year and and different ways to get these fish. Well, uh, I'd, I'd love to come back and uh, thank you guys both for uh, what you're doing for catfishing. This is a great a great deal you got going here. I'm I'm glad you guys are having success and uh, you know thanks for what you guys are doing. I'll be seeing you guys. I. Memphis, I would assume I'll see you guys, if not yep. before. So keep up the good work. Awesome, Matt. And, again, thank you so much. Uh, you passed on a lot of quality information, and and uh, we didn't get any GPS spots from you, but maybe next time. <laughs> I, don't, I don't hide anything, man. I just want everybody to be better at what they do and have fun, and I get better at the same time. So it's all, it's all good. Go catfish. That's right. Uh, I agree. Thanks. Before you go, Matt. Lyle, let's spin that wheel before Matt goes. You want to spin the wheel again? Matt, let's you want to pick out wheel. another number? You want? Do I have to go lower than 17, though, right, so you don't yeah. whine? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take it easy on you, buddy. I'm going to go. I, I like the number two. Two. Two it is. Number two. There's one. And there's two. And the winner of this spin is Rocky Childress. Rocky, we're going to give you a spin on the old rig wrap prize wheel and see where it lands. Might have to tighten that up, Doc. <laughs> it's not too bad. And, Rocky, you win a package of Whisker Sticks LED lights. So I have those here. And if you would send me your address, I will get them shipped out to you tomorrow if everything goes right, if not Wednesday. But we'll get them on the way. And uh, thanks for watching the show, and thanks for playing the Rig Rap with us. Matt, again, thanks a thanks. bunch. I hope to see you guys, you sometime before uh, between now and Mississippi River Monsters, and and uh, keep in touch, buddy. Will do. You know, I, you'll see me and my incredibly sexy partner on the on the water somewhere. Somebody's got to make you look good, man. Somebody has got if to make does, you look good. 
She does a good job of that. <laughs> good deal. <laughs> All right, buddy. See Thanks a bunch. Thanks, man. Thank you. Yes, sir. Matt Jones, he uh, he fishes a lot of flathead stuff. He, he'll go anywhere and fish for him too, Doc. Oh, yeah. I've known Doesn't him matter. a lot. Known him a bunch of years. Yeah, me too. I've known him a long time and a uh, great flathead, man. He catches other fish too. Uh, he catches some blues and he catches some channel cat, but he loves them flatheads like nobody else. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I have uh, some results. How about we go over those, Doc? Yeah, let's do it. Mississippi Catfish Trail Battle of Vicksburg was held June 24th. Uh, the winner down there was Dave Magnus and Rob. Second place was Barry Barnett and Michael Castellina. Uh, I'm sure I got that wrong, and I'm sorry, Michael. Third place was Charlie Hudson and Chris Sick. Fourth place, John Howard. Fifth place, Adam Eubanks and Darren Reed. Congratulations, you guys. That is the top five, and they will all be qualified for the Catfish Weekly National Championship. Uh, so good deal on that. By the way, Doc, we are up to over 180 qualified entries to that tournament. Wow. Lots of them. Okay, I got uh, yep. Cabela's King Cat, <coughs> Delaware River, Chester, Chester, Pennsylvania. This was held on June 24th. First place, Joe Warren and Wesley Kill. 99.54 big fish. That's this team had the big fish, which was a 25.02 flathead. Second, Anthony Fischler and Jay Trexler, 54.30 pounds. Third was Jason Miller and Karen Watson, 48.36 pounds. Fourth was Lee Dickerson and Keith Rippon. 36.16 pounds, and fifth was Bill Damask and Billy Trainer, 35.62 pounds. Very nice, very nice. I have the ICA out of New Albany, Indiana. First place is our buddy Chuck Breedlove and James Holcomb. Second place was Andy Williams and Jeremiah Keene. Third place, Andrew Hahn and Casey Tudorow. He's always in the money, Doc. Yeah. Fourth is Terry and Mary Jane, and fifth was Justin and Kevin. I didn't get last names on those. I'm sorry, fellas. We'll try to do better, uh, especially if we get them sent to us. It makes it a lot easier. Any other results? No, I don't have okay. any others. Didn't get any others. I, I would like to uh, tell everybody that uh, Cindy and I went up to the Mud Bums. We had an adventure going up there to uh, spend a couple of days, a couple of, a day and a night with those guys. Uh, we had a wonderful time. They are such a great group of fellas, uh, very conservative, uh, very much the kind of people we need that fish alternative methods to, to conserve our fish for the sport. They are all about putting fish back and everything, and, and it was, we had a great time up there, done some seminars, you can catch them, uh, there was three seminars done, you can catch them on the Catfish Weekly uh, YouTube channel. Uh, remember that if you want to be in the drawings for the um, 
spin on the, the rig rep prize wheel. You either need to subscribe to us on YouTube, which we would greatly appreciate, or become a member of the Catfish Weekly Group Facebook page. Either way, we'll get you in there. Uh, we, we're trying to do some good things, and this prize wheel has is, is become a, a lot of fun. Um, when you guys are posting tournaments, if you're posting a tournament that's coming up, um, there's so many people on Facebook and so many guys that are tournament anglers, if you don't put the city and the state that you're in there might there i think there's a springfield in every state in the union so yeah. a lot of other states have a town uh, when you list those tournaments list the city and state or or some way for these people to find out where you're at i'm getting a lot of people send me messages and they say hey this tournament is such and such place uh, can you tell me how to get a hold of them? Well, no, I can't. I'm sorry because I don't even know what state it's in. Uh, and then you got to go through and you got to look up these guys and see where they're from and try to get a hold of them. So it makes it easier for everybody if you guys would try to remember to do that. Uh, that's about all I got tonight, Doc. How about you for a tip of the week? Tip of the week. Hey, Doc. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I do ahead. have the uh, Bass Pro two-day tournament on the rock. Rock River results for you if you want them. Yeah, go ahead. Sure. Uh, it was a two-day event. It was held Saturday and Sunday out of Rock Falls, Illinois, on the Rock River. First place was Tyler Richards and Matt Dennison, two great young fishermen. Uh, they won. They won the tournament. Second place was Addison Folkers and uh, Ricky Richards. Uh, Stan Bennett. Fourth place escapes me for some reason because I, they beat us by three one-hundredths of a pound. And then me and my wife, Michelle, were fifth. Uh, I apologize to the fourth place finishers for the Brandon Hecker and uh, I can't remember his partner's name. but uh, So and you that's the top five. Oh, hell, I know it. I'm <laughs> old too. Uh, all right. All right. All right, boys, I'm going to go feed the dog. You have a good night. Thanks again. All right. Thanks, thanks for everything, Matt. Matt. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Doc's tip for the night. Um, for those of you that use drift socks, uh, if you use the big drift socks, and I use big drift socks, I've even got one of the big 10-footers. So trying to get them guys in or is, you know, can be a little tough at times. But on the back side of the drift sock is a pole line. And uh, a lot of people, what they do is when they hook up their drift sock, they hook the pole line right there where the drift sock is. And what happens is that drift sock will kind of roll, and then next thing you know, it's got that pole line wrapped all up into the uh, drift, drift bag. And it's it just tough to get it to pull in that way. Uh, my tip is to go either 45 or 90 degrees away from your anchor point for your drift bag. And then that line will just kind of bow out and it'll never get wrapped up in that drift sock. And then when you go want to go and pull that drift sock in, all you have to do is grab that line and you pull the, the drift sock in backwards and it's not wrapped up or anything. So that's Doc's tip for the night. That's a great tip because there's times when those those are hard to get those to release to where you can get them back in the boat. 
So yeah, uh, I mean, if you go that forty-five or ninety degrees, you know, it's just something else you got to work a fish around. But you know, you can always grab it and you know move it to the inside or the outside wherever you need it. So that's exactly right. Did uh, did Matt mention that him and Michelle finished fifth in that tournament over the weekend yeah. up on a rock? Yeah, he said they, okay. they finished fifth. I, I got to tell you, Doc, uh, I've been up and down and running around here. Uh, I told you got some time ago that Cindy had bought our little puppy a um, uh, stuffed duck, and she's played with that thing for three or four weeks now and ate the ears, legs, wings, and all that stuff off of it. Cindy <laughs> says, I, today she was out here, and she said, I can't believe that she hasn't ripped that apart and got the stuffing out of it. Well, tonight was the night. I have... <laughs> I have artificial duck guts all over the floor, so you got to love her. It beats the hell out of tearing another cord off of my 360 imaging unit. <laughs> next oh. next week, we're supposed to have Rob Claudfelder on with us. Uh, Rob's got some exciting news. We're excited to have him on here. Great guest. And uh, if everything goes right, Paul Ragsdale is going to do his drawing on the show with us. We're going to spin that wheel, ain't we, Doc? Yes, we are. We're going to spin that wheel. Thanks, everybody, for playing the game. We really appreciate it. I'll start posting up the entries for next week's drawing tomorrow sometime once uh, once we get everything loaded up for tonight and get all that out of the way. So uh, thanks for watching Catfish Weekly. For Doc Lang, I'm Lyle Stokes. See you next Monday night. Thanks, everybody.